0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of Winners and Winers Radio. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your
1: co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com.
0: And together we make up a Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. And we are going to give a bunch of them out today. Scott's going to be a little bit different format. We're going to cut back a little bit on our news and topics. And we are just going to go pretty much wall-to-wall college football. And then on tomorrow's show, we're gonna go wall to wall college football, and uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. Well, I was gonna say and NFL because that'll be our schedule from there going forward. But so make sure that you guys check out those shows, and we're gonna do stand. We're gonna be doing standalone podcasts for the weekends as well as videos. A lot of good stuff coming, Scott. It should be a big day. But first things first. How'd your hump day go?
1: Overall, not too well. I can't say it was awful, but I was mostly on the tennis grind. And I had some live plays, didn't exactly work out. I had a play of the day where I took over three and a half sets in a match. First two sets were up in the air and the underdog won both. And then the favorite absolutely punted the third set. So anytime you lose on over three and a half sets because the underdog wins all three sets, not exactly the way you drew it up.
0: That's that's a that's a brutal beat. Cause you, I'm sure you're capping it and you go, well, maybe the underdog can pick up, you know, one set. Is that that's pr- exactly what I said. Pretty much what you're counting on him for. And and who was who was this favorite yeah. that got beat?
1: Uh Cole Schreiber. I, I thought I thought Andrew Har was good enough to take one set, maybe two. Yeah. But I thought Cole Schreiber would just overpower him. And unfortunately, he just couldn't keep the ball in play.
0: Typical Cole Schreiber, buddy. I should mm-hmm. I I, I could have told you that. Typical. I have no idea. Uh, and I know you stayed away from the college football game, although we did kind of have we had the right side of that as the under prevailed. I was on the wrong side as far as the side goes. I liked Jacksonville State there in the first half and the full game, and kind of a kind of a funny story in the first half. We may may hear a little bit more about that later. But they for the for the game, they basically just couldn't get anything going on offense. UAB defense is still very good. And Jacksonville State spent a lot of time shooting themselves in the foot. And we found out that just because you one day played at Clemson, it doesn't mean that uh, you're Deshaun Watson. You
1: want to hear a joke from that game? Of course. Uh, The total was once again bet up from 46 to 51 and a half.
0: Brutal. Brutal. Got nowhere near that as it landed uh, 31 zip.
1: I mean, you asked me what my favorite play was. I just said I love the under. I think UAB is going to dominate the line of scrimmage, and they'll eat they'll eat a bunch of clock. That's basically what happened.
0: They did, and they were they were very inefficient, uh, especially in the first half, as they couldn't get out of their way. They made some mistakes, had a turnover, but yeah, all in all, yeah, about like a Wednesday game, you would think it was so not not incredibly exciting. But Scott, there was a lot going on in the world of sports. And by the way, we apologize if we have some connection problems. Scott is up there. After he made fun of me asking the other day, he is now getting pummeled by the hurricane. So congratulations, and so hopefully we'll be able to get through the entire show without your uh, your internet going out. Hopefully, that'd, that'd be a good thing. Mm-hmm. You never know when I'll have to just solo for the half hour. So if you guys hear me on the second half hour, not Scott, you'll know the reason. So congratulations. Got your is that pu-
1: the L by you're gonna use to get me off the show?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's that's exactly what I'm looking for right there. So Scott. It didn't go great for everybody involved. A lot of people kind of had days perhaps like I did. And this is going to be a situation where you thought you had a winner and you had it capped right, only to get beat in the last second, the last the half of the game, the last inning, whatever it is, whatever the sport is, bad beats will find you. And there's only one you thing you can do when that happens, and that's call the cops. All right, Scott. Well, let's get it rolling, shall we? We are going to take a look, first of all, in the aforementioned game between Jacksonville State. Game Cacks, the CACs, and the UAB Blazers. If you had Jacksonville State plus nine in the first half, like I did, you were in pretty good shape because it was nothing, nothing. With uh, less than five minutes left in the first half, UAB, they did score a touchdown there. And then Jacksonville State, what we need from them is a couple first downs. They get one, but they can't get the other one, Scott. They get it up to about the 40-yard line, and then they got a punt. You figure, well, punters averaged 51 yards per punt on his three punts. He's pinned them deep a couple times. Just got to do it again and then lay on the ball and get us to halftime. Yeah, none of that happened as they rushed the punter, got a hand on it, blocked it, recovered it at the fifteen. Held held him out of the end zone, but they didn't keep him from kicking the field goal. And UAB goes up 10-zip. There was a minute left in the first half. Jacksonville State gets the ball back and runs two plays up the middle. Does absolutely nothing. And that's the way the half ended. If you had Jacksonville State plus nine, you were in great shape right up until the time you weren't. And you should call the cops.
1: And looking at the second one, it was a baseball play involving the Rangers and the Rockies. If you had the Rangers plus one and a half, you were in good shape because they were leading five to four going into the ninth inning. That's good. But the, yeah, but the. not good yesterday because the Rockies scored five runs in the top of the ninth and the Rangers went from winning the game outright to losing by four. And you can rip up your Rangers money line ticket, or even your Rangers reverse run line ticket, because the Rangers ended up losing by four runs.
0: What Was the total in that game nine and a half or so?
1: I believe so. That's yeah. also a bad. I was going to say, not as the Rangers.
0: Yeah, not as bad, but yeah. All right, Scott. Well, if you had Portland, Ireland under two and a half, hey, who didn't? Ireland, I mean Portugal. What's that? Oh, port. What's that? Portugal. What'd I say? Portland. Por- you said Portland. Portland. That's a, my, I got to work on my spelling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Portugal, that's sounded out, Scott. If you had Portugal, Ireland, that was a lot more likely play than having Portland, by the way. (laughs) Under two and a half. I crack myself up. Hey, Ireland led one nothing after 88. That's uh, uncommonly good. That's not even right. (laughs) That's two cans anyway. Uh, They were good shape. They led one nothing after 88 minutes. Okay, that's fine. Portugal scored in the 89th minute. But because it's soccer, hey, we've got stoppage time where we don't even know how long it's going to last. And in this case, it lasted just long enough for Portugal to score again. This game ended up 2-1 to one after they put on two goals in the last eight minutes. And that's not good. And if you had Portugal-Ireland under 2.5, you might as well have had Portland-Ireland because that ticket would have been just as valuable. Call the cops, would you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, last eight minutes, basically the last two minutes because the ninetieth minute, and then you have whatever happens after that. But yeah, not a fun time when you're taking the under and you see Portugal go from scoring nothing to suddenly scoring two goals when you would have preferred them to only score one.
0: Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Yes, yeah, just and that was, see that's the kind of variety for bad beats that we bring you, Scott. Isn't that fantastic? One, one football, one baseball, and one soccer, and I know it had to break your heart not to put a tennis play in there.
1: The truth is, I thought about quickly copying and pacing the soccer to me, and I'm glad I didn't because you said Portland instead of Portugal, and yep. it really worked itself out.
0: Absolutely, I would have, I would have definitely done better with the Texas game. Mm-hmm. I can't get those, I can't get those hard words like Portugal. Who's ever heard of a Portugal? Jeez. All right. So the opposite of being able to spell. No, the opposite of Call the cops is of course the people that had a nice easy time of it very very uh, very uh it went exactly the way you had it handicapped there was never any doubt about it because you were sitting in the rocking chair baby
1: So the first one was once again on the college football game that we talked about in the Call the Cops segment but this one was on the under with Jacksonville State and UAB a play that I recommended on the show Zero points in the first quarter, you had 10 points at the half, and then UAB won 31 to nothing. It's tough to go over 52 when one team doesn't contribute, and that's exactly what happened.
0: Yep, yep, 31 nothing. well under the total. I believe both of us said it would go under the total. I I made a prediction it would go closer, but we did say it would go under the total of 52.
1: Yes, I just remember you asking what my favorite play was for the game, and I said the under.
0: Well, there you go. Hey, if you had the Cardinals-Reds game two of that uh, of that doubleheader, over seven, you, know, you didn't have to sweat that one much. Three runs in the first and seven runs in the second. That'll do, pig. That game ended up 12-2. to two. If you had the over seven, you were a winner early in that one, and you could just sit in the rocket chair for the rest of the game.
1: And the last one was between the Astros and the Mariners. If you had the under eight and a half, you had one run in the sixth inning. And zero runs in the other eight innings. Mariners won one nothing.
0: Sweet action, sweet. That was the that was the Mariners dealing right. That was Logan. Yeah, absolutely. And Yesterday the Cooch beat him, or the day I mean the day before that the Mm -hmm. the Cooch beat him. Of course, you know the game before that I had him. They had a lead going into the ninth inning and blew it. I had him at at three to two at plus one hundred and fifty. So. Anybody care? Does anybody care that they've they've stepped up and won the last two games? The game I took them, they, they did not? No? I,
1: I didn't ask, but I'm not speaking for everyone else. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Going to go out on a limb and say, mm, you're probably of the majority opinion right there. All right, Scott. Well, let's see who's strapping on the golden feedback for this Thursday, shall we? This one was easy. Not a big surprise. <laughs> oh, the ever-popular much-deserved donkey of the day. All right, Scott, you know what? This team is uh, near to you, not necessarily near and dear to your heart, but they are close to you geographically. Why don't you tell us what's going on, buddy?
1: So there's an immediate donkey of the day, and then there's kind of the overall donkey of the day we'll start we'll start off with the immediate it's uh the acting gm for the mets zach scott who got arrested on wednesday can i can can i 15 a.m can
0: i do the joke there oh yeah you can he's the he's the acting gm what is he like uh texting pictures of pictures of his genitals and giving unwelcome sexual advances to women in the office thank you i was
1: gonna save that for the overall donkey okay well we can we can
0: fold that back in
1: So anyway, the point is, is that the acting GM, Zach Scott, was arrested for a DWI at 4.15 a.m. on Wednesday in White Plains. Now, I've been to White Plains before. Maybe it gets really fun at 4 a.m. I never thought of it as a place to get really drunk at, but maybe that's just me. Anyway, the point is, is that he's not going to be traveling with the team on the upcoming road trip, but the acting GM – Not exactly the guy you'd probably want in charge of making decisions when he chose to get behind a car while he was intoxicated. And the reason, the thing that you alluded to, why he's acting GM, it takes us to the overall donkey of the day, which is the New York Mets, because this team cannot find anybody trustworthy to handle making big decisions for the team. Because Zach Scott, the guy with the DWI, took over the job from the original general manager, who was found guilty of sending some lewd photos of, yeah, his privates to women around the office. So the Mets as a whole donkey of the day for not fully understanding what moral obligations a GM should have, or let alone common sense.
0: So we have a singular donkey of the day, and then we have a whole coffle full of donkeys, and that's going to be the whole whole Mets organization, right?
1: Yeah, I was going to get into the original GM stuff, but then you wanted to talk about it, so we did. But the point is is you Wow, make
0: shots fired.
1: An argument or donkey out of everybody involved. Yeah. And- you can make a donkey out of everybody involved. It's just the way it is.
0: Okay. All right. Very good. Did you like how I used the, the term "cawful" of donkeys?
1: Oh no, I got it. It okay. was well it was well placed. All right, very good.
0: And I know you're still mad at me for stepping on your stepping on your big reveal with my with my bogus joke.
1: Uh not really. It's fine. It's all good. We'll talk about it after the show.
0: <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Scott. Remember that. All right. Fair enough. Hey, speaking of drunk, <laughs> the acting GM wasn't the only drunk out there, Scott. So far in this college football season, the odds makers uh, they've been a little tipsy. Let's find out why on today's f- segment. The odds makers were drunk. Scott, we were looking at these uh, games here for Thursday, and we kind of uh, realized an interesting statistical anomaly. Would you like to share that with the kids? Perhaps it could be actionable going forward.
1: Well, it could be. Similarly to what we talked about when preseason just started in the NFL, you had a decent amount of college football games, which gamblers have been using kind of as guinea pigs to see what you can get in terms of trends and there is one trend out there there's been eight games so far this season including fcs games and seven of the eight games have gone under the posted total
0: under the total so and it's not necessarily a matter of the defenses looking great i think the offenses are just hideous i think it's more of a matter of the offense is looking hideous does that does that surprise you
1: no i said that going into the year kind of similar to what the preseason idea was, which was the fact that just because you have some teams like Jacksonville State or some FCS teams that played during the spring, a lot of these other teams, whether it involved the COVID restrictions in practice, whether it involved the roster turnover the potential uncertainty with scheduling, the point is, is that you have a lot of, I'd say, variables that you had to account for during the off season, which might cause an offense or two, if not all of them to fall behind the eight ball and that seems to be what the case is
0: yep and i don't know how long that's going to remain actual but it's definitely something to keep an eye on going forward so there you go quick reminder everybody you are listening to winners and Winers radio give us an hour and we'll give you the winners Uh, a couple quick ones here scott i know ronaldo set the all-time record for most international goals does this make him better than messi i know there's a lot of people that care about this I'm not one of them, so maybe you can give your opinion.
1: I still think Messi is the greatest of all time. Me too. I'm all over it. I am biased because I love Ronaldo more than Messi because I used to use Ronaldo more in the video game. I thought he was better in the video game, if that means anything. It doesn't. But based on all-time success and pure talent, I would say Messi is a better overall player, and he has been throughout his entire career. Now I also have to root against Messi because he plays for Man U, which is the arch rival of my favorite team, which is Man City. So now I got a personal bias involved in who's the greatest of all time. Not actually, but you know. The point is, I'm going to go with Messi still. But, of course, props to Ronaldo for setting the all-time record. But you also have to keep in mind, there's a lot of European games, whether it involves the actual tournaments they have, the qualifying they have. I want to see a stack up of who's played in more international games and compare maybe goals per appearance. Yes. And that's an important stat to keep in mind. Sure. But props to Ronaldo. You know, he did what he had to do, and he scored the game winner yesterday.
0: All right, but I want to know if either one of them could do what Maradona did on cocaine.
1: Uh, are we talking about while they were playing? Or yeah, that's, that's what
0: I'm saying. Give them, give them a bunch of cocaine while they're playing and see how they stack up with Maradona. That's that's my point.
1: Well, Maradona's still an all-time great player. Rest in peace to him. Uh, But... Everyone will keep in mind the Maradona, uh, of course, hand of God goal, which ended up leading to a World Cup championship for Argentina, which is why some people might still believe Maradona is better than Messi because he was able to deliver Argentina a World Cup championship. My argument would be look at the talent around Messi or the lack thereof defensively and in goal for the last 15, 20 years. Messi hasn't really had many great defensive backs who have played with him to at least stop the other team from scoring.
0: All right, fair enough. Good take. And they all, none of them compared to Pele. So
1: I didn't see Pele play, but I would take everyone's word for it that Pele is the greatest of all time.
0: I actually got to see him. Of course, I was very young and I knew nothing about soccer. So, but he, okay. he did come to Kansas City and play the Spurs, I believe was the team here. So go Cosmos. <clears throat> yes, that's exactly what he was playing for. Very good. So, Garrett Cole Scott yesterday had 15 strikeouts over seven innings. Is he a lock to win the AL Cy Young? He's minus 280 on FanDuel. Mm, let me answer this. No, he is not. Your, t- your take?
1: Well, I was going to say, it's interesting, because we were talking about how Lance Lynn should run away with the thing about a month ago, and the keyword was should.
0: Whoops.
1: He basically did everything wrong when it came to running away with it because... He got ejected from a game for throwing a belt or his glove at an umpire during a routine, you know, in-between-inning in checkup. Then he got injured, or, you know, he's now going to miss some time. So he is now the third odds to win the award. The second.
0: It's our boy. The
1: odds are the surprising one. It's our boy, Robbie Ray, who's been really good for the last couple of months, pretty much all year, but especially for the last couple of months. Yep. Having said that, I just think it's going to Cole. Uh, at the end of the day, you can find it at 280 of course if Cole gets roughed up a couple of times then you're going to have to reconsider but I don't know if it's the same reason why I thought Otani was a lock but we know that the media is going to be all over the Yankees candidate in comparison to Toronto's candidate. We know that the Yankees might make the playoffs, Toronto's probably not going to. I don't know if that factor is in or if it will, but it's about the it's about who's going to vote for the award. I got to assume that there's going to be a huge media bias towards the Yankee candidate, wouldn't you agree with that? There
0: usually is.
1: So I'm going to go with Cole. Okay, I think that's a very good price.
0: I have no interest in that whatsoever. There's still going to be, well, let's see, we're the we the second of September. He made his start yesterday. I would guess he's going to make six more starts, Scott. That's would sound, be. about sound about right. I'm just not ready to. I'm not ready to plunk down 280 yet on Garrett Cole. He certainly has been the best pitcher in the major leagues over the last month. We'll see what he does going forward. And I just uh, we can get Robbie Ray at, uh, what, 250, 260?
1: Uh, looking at the lines, you can find higher than that, actually, because you have other candidates. So I would say you can usually find it somewhere in the threes.
0: I might take a spin on Robbie Ray, just, just for old time's sake. I, I, well, I'm going to ask, what price do you think Cole should be
1: then if you think he shouldn't be laying 285? Uh,
0: yeah, I, 200. 200 okay. at this point. I just, I just think it's... I, uh, if he wouldn't have been hurt, you know, if he had the entire season as a body of work, I think, he'd, I think he'd be more of a shoe-in. Of course, then the price would be higher, obviously.
1: I believe he was around 170 before the 15 strikeout performance yesterday.
0: Yeah, see, I, and I think that's a dramatic overreaction based on one game.
1: That's fair. I'm just throwing it out there for facts.
0: Okay, good enough. All right, Scott. Well, we promised a full day of college football, and my friend, we are going to absolutely deliver. What do you want to start with? You want to start with the with the undercard, or do you want to uh, you want to start with the big boys?
1: I think we should probably start with the undercard, right? Start with the appetizer and work our way in. I
0: think that's right. And uh, let's you know, you and I talked about a lot of games here that are going to be going on on Thursday. And let's start off one with one. I'm going to throw you a curveball that we didn't even take. We didn't even talk about. And I just want to talk about them because they're a terrible team. And it's Tennessee Martin against Western Kentucky. Um, this is this is a really, really world class bad a Tennessee Martin team. Western Kentucky Hilltoppers always able to throw the ball around the ball ball, ball field a little bit. They are a 22 point favorite in this one. Uh, Scott, got any feelings on this one? Well, when you said you wanted to start
1: off, I remember with the appetizers. I didn't expect you to serve me gazpacho. Like, I thought you were <laughs> going to serve me something I could actually eat. But okay, uh, looking at the overall matchup here, oh boy. I, I'm gonna go, it, it's it's You really threw me a curveball, and I appreciate it. I know. That. We
0: spent the whole day handicapping like 10, 12 football games. Like, Let's start with one we didn't look at.
1: I'm going with Western Kentucky. Okay. I'm Uh, I'm with you. At the end of the day, it kind of fits the philosophy that I had for the UAB game. Of course, UAB won its conference the last couple of years. But the idea that I had was that the FBS teams, if they dominate up front, they're usually going to dominate the game. I'm under the impression Western Kentucky is going to dominate up front because I do think they have some underrated talent inside the trenches. And Western Kentucky, I don't think that team is awful in the the, uh, conference USA. Are they good? No, but I think they're good enough to beat a an FCS team by at least 24 points. I'll take Western Kentucky in a hideous game of football. Do I think? Do I think that uh, UT Martin's going to actually score more than 17 points in this game? Maybe not. So I got to go ahead and take Western Kentucky.
0: Okay, and they didn't just for just for j- just for edification. Uh, UT Martin did not play any FBS schools last year. Uh, however, in 2019, they did play two FBS schools, two SEC schools. As a matter of fact, they played Florida, a game they lost 45 to nothing, and they played Kentucky, a game they lost 50 to 7. So again, I wouldn't say Western Kentucky is in the uh, SEC range. Well, unless you count Vanderbilt. But uh, 22 points, I think that's a bargain. Give me, give, let me fade the Skyhawks there.
1: Uh, we're on the same page.
0: All so. right, very good. Uh, that's that's enough from me. Uh, you want to you want to burn me? You want to co- you want to come back with one that? Um, what? And I know I let's talk about this real quick. I and mean, I know we're not going to do a whole thing on this because this it's a team we've seen play. We saw Southern Utah play last week against uh, Is that Fresno State? Uh,
1: no, it's also played San Jose, San Jose State.
0: State. Okay, sorry. Uh, I knew both of those games were very very similar, and they've got Arizona State this week. Uh, Herm Edwards and the boys, forty five point favorites. Scott, is that just a little too much?
1: I think you can make an argument that it is and it isn't because this team actually has expectations, so maybe they'll try to kill this team. I kind of like the over in this spot, which might sound a little bit odd, but San Jose State's defense, we would agree, is a strong unit. Yes. And Southern Utah didn't get shut out. They scored a couple of touchdowns there. I think that there's a chance they could score at least one, and the question is, do you think Arizona State's going to stop scoring after they get to 45 or 52? They might score 60 in the home opener.
0: It's possible. It's it's certainly possible. And this and that's a weird total you mentioned that the, again, the spread is 45, the total 55. Yeah. So, so I'm looking
1: potentially at the over on that one. Do I want to lay 45 with that team? No. But if if Southern Utah can score a touchdown against the backups in the second half, suddenly you feel a lot better about your total.
0: Well, and so, for the, and just for the record, those were two absolute junk uh, 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 touchdowns that Southern Utah scored last week, and one of them was a pick six of about nine yards. Oh, they all and the, count, other, all the count other the other one was a dropped yeah. punt. I get it, and they all oh, count. Yeah. They and all count the same. I understand, but if you, you can't you can't say they have offensive prowess when that's their two touchdowns. I
1: head. wasn't saying prowess. I'm just saying I think they abilities can score a touchdown.
0: Okay, all right, okay, yeah, and I, I probably like the I think I think taking the over there still leaves you as very alive to cover the spread but you you give yourself like you said you give yourself a little room for that for that late touchdown when it's you know when it's, when it's 52 to or when it's you know when it's 52 to 7 or whatever and they and they come down and score that and it would be. I was going to
1: say do you think Arizona State scores 50 cuz I do.
0: Yeah, I, I got to think they do. This Southern, I'm going with the over. That Southern, that Southern Utah defense was not good at all. Um all right, one that we had talked about here a little bit another another monstrous spread and guys there are some monstrous spreads that we're going to talk about first because obviously we're seeing FBS schools match up with FCS programs so you're going to have some schools and you's got to, you know I didn't ask you about this one I don't know if you know anything about him Long Island where your home is playing FIU what's uh what's the story with Long Island
1: Uh the story is I'm going to lean under okay I'll let you. I'll let you talk about it. I don't. I, I. don't.
0: I know nothing about them. I know nothing about LIU when it oh, comes you to. I just want to fl- talk
1: about a game that. Okay, I thought you like had some secret sauce you were about to talk about for the game.
0: Oh, not a bit. No, I figured you being from Long Island, you might have some valuable home homer insight.
1: Well, the way that I would describe LIU, simply put, they're not good. Okay. So for, FIU had, of course, the huge COVID issue last year, so it's kind of tough to get a gauge on how good they actually are because last year. I don't want to say you can toss it in the garbage, but you can kind of toss it in the garbage, if you know what I mean. Definitely a weird so maybe, year. So maybe they'll be annoyed after getting killed last year and try to absolutely bury LIU. I'm not sure LIU is going to score. So I would maybe look for a team total under on LIU if you can get that. Do I think you're going to get that? No. But if you can, I'd probably lean under. I think they'll score maybe a field goal out of courtesy.
0: A courtesy field goal at the end of yeah, the game.
1: Yeah, FIU just decides, yeah, kick it. We'll see if you can make it.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. All I have right. one
1: game I want to talk about, if we're talking about the very, very obscure games. Let's do it. It's a one that kind of involves one of the team totals that I gave out uh, during the conference. I mentioned UNLV under one and a half, and I said the only game they'd be favored in all year was going to be at home in week one against Eastern Washington. Now, this line has been all over the place. UNLV opened up at around minus nine, and odds and betters like myself and like you looked at the line in bewilderment and thought, are you sure Eastern Washington not is not supposed to be favored in that game? Right, not actually. But the point is the line has dropped from UNLV minus nine to minus two. Friendly reminder, Eastern Washington is an FCS school and UNLV is an FBS school. I like Eastern Washington. I think they're going to win the game.
0: I do too. I, I completely agree. This is, this is a UNLV team. They are just—they
1: beat New Mexico State. That's basically the only type of maybe UO Monroe, maybe.
0: Yeah, that, that's it. They 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 played a short schedule last year. They played they played six teams, but they're awful. They they lost all of them, Scott. They were and they they were dreadful. This is a team that lost by seventeen to Hawaii. You know that's that's not good at all. So I'm with you. This is you know there's a we talked. Before we came on the air, you and I were talking about some of these programs, some of these super FCS schools. Um, North Dakota State is one of them. Uh, James, Madison. James Madison is another, of course, and I think you put Eastern Washington in that group as well. Kind of, they're kind of like four A schools, right? And you know, you have uh, yeah the top three 4A baseball players.
1: State Sam Houston State is probably the third. I would say that the second tier would be Eastern Washington.
0: Mm, okay, and, and I know you don't you don't like their conference as well, but. They're still a very very solid team. UNLV, e that's just that's just not good. They're just I I just I got nothing here. They they're only returning they only returning six starters on offense. They don't have the quarterback. They bring back uh, almost everybody on defense. But again, you run into the old problem. Well, you're bringing back everybody on defense, and the defense was terrible. So congratulations. And that's
1: the bright spot of the offense, though. They only bring back six starters, but the offense stunk last year.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely that's absolutely true. So yeah, well, that's and that's so we're taking we're taking Eastern Washington, still grabbing the points. Still think there's value at two there.
1: I would take the money line. I think that yeah. there. If you want to go for a dog on a play, I think that's the spot. At the end of the day, I mentioned it before we went on air. FCS teams can compete with FBS teams if they can actually score. Eastern Washington can score.
0: They can definitely do that. All right, we'll be back to take, We'll be back to take a look at the rest of the card right after this message. So, Scott, last time we were out in Vegas, every time we were trying to have a nice meal, what is the number one question you kept hearing whenever we were at dinner?
1: Are you going to finish that? What? Appetizers, entrees, sides. You're always asking if I was going to finish what I was eating.
0: Okay. Hey, in my defense, you eat slower than a turtle on Xanax. But, okay, let me make the question a little easier. What's the number one question you would get from people when you tell them you work for Winners and Winners?
1: What's Winners and winners?
0: Exactly. So what do you tell them?
1: I tell them that it is the place to go for your sports betting needs. They have breakdowns on every single game in a variety of sports, basketball, football, college football. We know that's coming up. It's been really a great opportunity to just get better at sports betting, and they give you all the opinions that you need.
0: Yeah, see, and the thing I like about it is the fact that they don't just inundate you with numbers that have no context. You know, You go to some places and they just throw numbers, numbers, numbers. But they don't tell you what they mean, and you just kind of your eyes glaze over. But these guys, not only do they use those same numbers and put them in context, but they're fantastic writers. They're great handicappers. You mentioned college football coming up. That's my favorite time to use Winners and Winners because they do every FBS game every single week. It is a fantastic sight. Scott, what's the best part about Winners and Winners?
1: It's absolutely free to use.
0: That's right. It is absolutely free to use. Winnersandwiners.com. You absolutely have to check it out. You need to make this site part of your daily handicapping regimen. If you are not doing it, you are absolutely leaving money on the table. So, see? That wasn't that hard at all, right?
1: Sure. You're still getting none of my fries.
0: What? I, I didn't. I didn't say a word. I
1: saw you looking at them.
0: Seriously, dude, it's it's been like an hour. If you're not going to eat them... Oh, man, that's brutal. All right, fine. Seriously, though, winnersandwiners.com. Go there or be square. to the second half of Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. And we've been dealing them out so far. And now, Scott, we've we made it through the salad. We've made it through the vichyssoise. We've made it through the sorbet as a little palate cleanser. And now we're on to the main course. So let's start with the first game on the card. We'll just do them in chronological order. This is going to be the Temple Owls against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Uh, this one opened up as a Rutgers 14 point favorite. Now been a little bit of night money coming in, driven the line to 14 and a half across the board, and the total's gone from 51 to 52 or 52 and a half. Uh, Scott, two very bad programs last year. Which one of them got better? I'm gonna go with
1: Rutgers because Rutgers showed flashes at times and they do bring back some talent on the defensive end. Uh, that secondary is actually pretty good for Rutgers. They brought back a decent amount of guys. It's one of the better, I'd say, half secondaries in the Big Ten. So not even just in, in comparing the teams. In the Big Ten, their secondary can actually stack up with some other teams there. So the defense, I think, will be pretty good. The offense is always the question mark because they occasionally have some good games, but it's a lot of hideous turnovers and a lot of really just chaotic play calls at times. Temple's kind of the same way where the offense turns the ball over a ton. So I expect to see a lot of really dumb turnovers in plus territory throughout this game. I'm leaning towards the under. Stick with the trend there with the under because I don't really trust either offense. But I do think Rutgers' defense will get enough stops to win this game by multiple touchdowns. 14-halves tough, though. I really liked it at 13-and-a-half, but now you cross over the key number. I don't exactly feel great about it. Hold my nose and take the under.
0: Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and you know... Greg Schiano is a defensive guy, so you got to figure that Rutgers defense is going to be solid once again. Uh, a couple of fun stats to keep in mind: uh, Temple head coach uh, Rod Carey, 15 and 7 uh, against the spread as an away dog, and Greg Schiano just 14 and 18 as a home favorite. So just a uh, just a little little something there, but. Uh, You know, I just, this Rutgers team took a gigantic step backwards last year. They're bringing in uh, Temple, or uh, Temple did rather, and they're bringing in just 14 returning starters. They've got a new quarterback. uh, Dwan Mathis, who started the season last year for Georgia and was no bueno. So I'm not sure he's going to be any better for this uh, Temple team. Probably a step up for Temple, but as far as being able to actually compete at this level. I've got to uh, I've got to take Rutgers here, buddy. Uh, I don't I don't I'm hate just, I'm that.
1: just looking at the under, but if I had to pick one side, I would take Rutgers.
0: I don't I don't hate the I don't hate the under. Um I think it's going to I think it's going to be somewhere right around that number. I think that's a pretty sharp number.
1: I'm just expecting ugly football.
0: Mm, yes, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Now, here's a game, Scott that should have at least on paper that shouldn't be uh, ugly football and that's Boise State heading down to, to Orlando to take on uh, Central Florida. Central Florida, UCF, uh, this game opened at four. They are now a a five-and-a-half or six-point favorite. And the totals come down a little bit. Opened at 69-and-a-half, now down to 68 pretty well. Pretty much across the board. Scott, good App State team. They lost three games last year by a total of 14 points. They lost to Coastal Carolina. You
1: say App State or Boise State?
0: App State. I'm I'm sorry. That's the next game. Sorry, bud. Never mind. Uh, well, I'm oh man, I'm anxious to deal that one out. No, go ahead, start with Boise State.
1: I'm looking at the over okay in this one now. It's of course, it's tough to predict because both teams have new head coaches. Uh, Boise ended up having their coach go to Auburn, and UCF got Auburn's former coach in Malzon to come over, offensive minded guy. I'm not sure if he's going to continue the huge up tempo, hyper speed offense, but Gabriel's still a good quarterback. They have some weapons on the outside, they'll put up points. Just at the end of the day, I'm looking at a situation where I just think both teams are going to throw the ball around the parking lot. You have Bachmeier on one end, you have Gabriel on the other end. I'm expecting maybe 800 yards passing combined between the two of them. I'll take the over. I just think you'll get not many stops and a lot of touchdowns.
0: You? Yeah, I don't. I don't hate that. You know, this was a this was a pretty good um, Boise State unit last year, although they did. They did give up. They're they're not as good as you think. They gave up more points than they scored, which was kind of unusual for Boise State. I'm I'm just gonna take the I'm just gonna take the Knights and call it good here, Scott. Um Boise State generally travels pretty well. Of course, they had the fantastic comeback uh, year before last uh on opening day against Florida State. But at the end of the day, I think this is a quality team. I like I like Malzon a lot in this spot. I think he's going to bring um a good amount of experience and uh, it's definitely going to be a different offense than Heupel ran, but I still think it's going to be a fine, a fine offense, and I'll take the UCF Knights there and lay the wood.
1: I'm assuming that's why money has come in on the under, because they are expecting UCF to play even slightly slower in Mm -hmm. comparison to recent years. I'm not sure if it's going to matter. I I just think both teams are going to chuck the plays. I don't think it matters who UCF's coach is, When was the last time they actually had a respectable defense?
0: Yeah. A long time ago. Yeah, I mean, you can make an argument, what, 2018? They were okay.
1: And even that is okay in an ACC conference. So, I think you're going to see both teams score potentially in the 30s, maybe even in the 40s. I wouldn't be surprised to see if this game comes down to the wire, which is why I'm not exactly thrilled on taking UCF. But I do like the over. I think you'll see points.
0: Okay. I would – Probably go the other way as far as the total goes, but okay. You know, fair we'll enough. See. All right. Now we'll talk about uh, East Carolina and App State. Uh, this game opened up. App State is eleven and a half point favorites, and fifty eight and a half is the total. And there has been money coming in on the unders. This number is now fifty five and a half. And there's been money coming in on the Pirates. Are now minus ten. Our Appalachian State and is down from 11 and a half scott do you agree with the move there i can
1: understand it because east carolina has something they haven't had in a long time which are quote unquote expectations because people think they might actually make a bowl game this season right but this was another team i talked about for team totals i lean to the under five and a half wins at plus money because i just don't i don't expect teams to jump from three wins to six and be 10 point underdogs out of conference pretty much every out of conference game they have As for the side, I'm not really interested. I think this game will be close. It depends if you actually think Bryce is any good after he failed at Clemson and failed the Duke, and now he has to try to be decent at App State. I'm going to pass on that. I like the over. It's another one of those games where do I trust either defense to get many stops? East Carolina's defense in past years not good. App State's defense last year, not that great either against quality offenses. I think Ehlers is good enough to torch the secondary I think you'll see points. I think this total is too low.
0: All right. Yeah. I'm. I, I. I. think I like this App State defense better than you do. And then we have an East Carolina defense that actually played better at the at the end of the season. Um, they do I don't think App
1: State's defense is bad. I just think it gives up some big plays every now and then.
0: Well, you know that's 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 definitely that's definitely true. But this is a team. Brings a lot of experience back. Of course, you got Mike Houston there. He was he was the man over at a, a program that you mentioned, James, Matt, James Madison, and it hasn't been great seven fourteen over his uh, first two seasons. But they do bring back twenty starters, ten on each side of the ball. I got to take the points here, my friend. I, I like I like Ayler's, and I I really I I don't I don't like the kid from Duke. Uh, this is an App State offense that's been really, really efficient lately, and that is not what he does well at all.
1: I'm just under the impression Peoples is going to rush for like 230 yards.
0: Certainly possible. It's it's, it's certainly possible that, that that they are able to carve up this ECU defense. But I, uh...
1: I'm i looking at the over. I, I wouldn't want to lay 10 points here. If you're talking about a sprinkle for a money line, I don't think Carolina is going to win this game. I think it'll be close, but – I think both teams will have success offensively.
0: All right. All right. Good enough. All right. Moving on. We've got South Florida doubles and North Carolina State. Scott, North Carolina State from the ACC opened up as an 18.5 point favorite. Now climbed a little bit to 19. Totals down a tick from 60 to 58.5. Now, a little bit of excitement around the Wolfpack this year, my friend. Are you buying in? Uh, They were one of the uh, team totals
1: I gave out, or the win totals. I like the over on this North Carolina State team. I think they're going to bury South Florida. Uh, I know South Florida has, I'd say, some flashes that they can maybe build on from last year. But NC State is just a very good team from top to bottom. The defense is good. They got Leary back at quarterback. They have the same weapons as last year. South Florida has tried a bunch of different quarterbacks with Jeff Scott as the coach spoiler alert none of them have worked so until i actually see south florida stop turning the ball over four times a game against this team nc state can name the score and they'll cover so i'm gonna go with the i'm gonna take the favorite i think nc state wins by at least 21 they might win by 31 i'm gonna take nc state
0: i don't i don't hate that and mainly because this is a a south florida team like you mentioned they brought back a lot of starters but they don't have a quarterback, and they've brought a couple of transfers in. They brought in Cade Fortin from, from North Carolina and Jaron Williams from Miami. Scott, if you got two quarterbacks, how many quarterbacks you have? Uh, zero. You have zero quarterbacks, and that's tough to win at this level without a competent quarterback, especially against a team like North Carolina State that can do a lot of things right, and I think that if that's a, a team that puts it all together, they could maybe even be a force there in the non-Clemson portion of the ACC. So,
1: if uh, all goes right for NC State, they could actually win ten games. I think they're that talented. Yeah,
0: they're 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 a good they're a good squad. I, I don't I don't hate this team. They were they were kind of they were kind of close last year a couple of times. You know, I don't yeah. I, I don't think a lot of things necessarily went their way. Is that kind of the impression was, they were the you backup
1: got? Quarterback for about half the year.
0: That's that's true. That that's also true. So yeah, we'll uh, and they and they're you know again they're they brought back eighteen starters including their quarterback so that's a that's a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. At home,
1: I just think they're going to bury this team.
0: Yeah, and they they lost this is this is a team that lost just three games last year. Well, they lost well, and they, of course they lose to Kentucky in the bowl game, but they uh, lost to Virginia Tech, they lose to North Carolina, and they lose to Miami. Yeah. That
1: Miami game was a very very close game. Yeah,
0: that 44-41 game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they well, and they covered the number. So yeah, all right, all right, very good. Yeah, I think I think we're on this. I think we're on the same page. It didn't it didn't take long. What did we do? Seventeen games before you and I finally agreed with one.
1: Uh, well, we had a couple of FCS games where we agreed on Western Kentucky.
0: That's true. That's true. All right, Scott. Speaking of a, perhaps a little bit of a mismatch, the Tennessee Volunteers, the Josh Heupel era starts. Uh, maybe one of the few games they're not on probation, but. So far, so good. Full speed ahead. They play the Bowling Green Falcons from the MAC conference. It's going to be a little bit of a section between the SEC and the MAC. This game opened up to Tennessee as a half point favorite, and the money has come in on the Vols, as the uh, line now stands at 35 or 35 and a half. The total has climbed from 50, 58 to 61. Yeah, how you see this one?
1: I'd trust a team of actual Falcons to score more points than Bowling Green. This Bowling Green team stinks. They are awful. They are one of the – last year might have been one of the worst teams I've ever seen. How do you lose to Akron, who hadn't won a game in over a year by 28 points?
0: I was going to say – Out of your mind. They didn't just lose to Akron.
1: They got buried. They got absolutely destroyed.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, they they absolutely did. That was – and I think I was on the wrong side of that game, if I'm not mistaken, because Akron was so no, bad. No, you had
1: Akron. You you had you had Akron in that game.
0: What's that? Oh, did 100
1: percent at Akron in that game. How
0: do you remember that?
1: Because it was a garbage bowl. Yeah, I remember it. You gave it up.
0: Okay, all right, well, good. You're on me. the right side of that. Oh, good for me. That's one.
1: But <laughs> you... anyway, looking at the actual matchup. Bowling Green's terrible. We know that Tennessee. I don't think they're going to make a bowl game. And Hype Bowl, I don't think is a good hire. But he plays very up-tempo, and if you play up-tempo against an awful team, it can get ugly really, really quickly. And with the first game in Knoxville with a new coach that plays up-tempo, Tennessee could score 60, and it wouldn't surprise me. I'll be generous to Bowling Green's defense. I'll give Tennessee 52.
0: Okay.
1: I'll take Tennessee.
0: Yeah, I you, you're the only ten I see. I think that's. I think you have to. I mean, this is the Bowling Green coach, uh, Scott Leffler. He estimated. This is my, my favorite quote of the day, by the way. He estimated that seventy percent of his team has never played a down in front of a live cl- crowd at the collegiate level. That's not. Sure going to go well in Knoxville. That's not good at all. You know that's and that's the thing about running pace, Scott. If you make a mistake on offense, if you have that stupid turnover, if you have a, a, a dumb penalty. You're gonna you're gonna run it again you're you're gonna have a lot of possessions you're gonna have a lot of opportunities to score points I, I,
1: are we sure hypo's gonna stop running no huddle with the second unit in the second half? no
0: no and that's I a, have no idea and that's another thing we talked about because a lot of times you have to worry about them putting in the, the B team and the guys way far down the bench especially at home teams where you get to dress more or home games where you get to dress more guys I don't think it's gonna be the case in this one I think hypo wants to get those live reps I think the first think team stays in there right. for a while all right, a uh, quick reminder, everybody, that you are listening to a Winners and Winners Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners. Now, Scott, we have just one game left of our college football preview show to take a look at, and that is a Big Ten battle as Ohio State travels to the Twin Cities to take on the Gophers there from Minnesota. This game opened up Ohio State as a two-touchdown favorite, and 65.5 is the total since then, Scott. It's pretty much right where it sticks. Still still a 14 point favorite as Ohio State, but the total has come down from 65 and a half to 63, so even some 62 and a halves sneaking in there. So, with that being said, talk me out of just betting on Ohio State and doing a doing a doing a Ron Popeil bet. Scott just set it and forget it with the Ohio State Buckeyes this season.
1: I'm going to talk you out of betting on Ohio State because you should be betting on the Ohio State. I at the end of the day, <laughs> That's I can't me. take Minnesota. That's I can't take Minnesota. It's a spot where I respect what PJ Fleck has tried to do, trying to get recruits to actually want to spend a winter in Minnesota. So I'm not exactly, you know, thrilled with that recruiting pitch, but Ohio State has better talent at every position. The way you can talk about – or the way you can back Minnesota is the fact that it's at home. They bring back Morgan at quarterback. They bring back Ibrahim. So the offense is relatively there. Of course they lost Bateman, but they bring back Autumn Bell, who's still a good receiver defensively we talked about it the other day if stroud can actually throw the ball and like doesn't completely stink ohio state should have open guys in every single play it's just the way it is like i'm I'm sorry but minnesota's defensive backs are not good enough to match up with ohio state's receivers you think olave is gonna have a hard time breaking minnesota's one-on-one coverage man-to-man of course not he's gonna be wide open
0: yeah see this is a team that gave up a couple of highlights last year. They gave up forty-nine to Michigan. They gave up forty-five to Maryland. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a good look right there, my friend, at all. Uh, Thirty-one to Purdue, thirty-five to Iowa. Yeah, they dodged Ohio State last year. They ain't dodging them this season. I I don't see any. I don't see any way Ohio State doesn't cover this number. Are you surprised that number if hasn't gone like
1: up? You Minnesota? I would tell you. I was going to say, if you like Minnesota, I would probably take the first half. But once again, that's if you like Minnesota and you just pray that the brand new quarterback takes some time to settle in and you hope the Minnesota crowd gives you enough of a boost to maybe propel Minnesota to a strong first quarter. But after halftime, I'm expecting one-way traffic.
0: Yep. I think that's I think that's going to be accurate. So, all right. Very good. And that, and that kind of conversely, then, if you have Ohio State and maybe they're only up three at halftime or something like that, don't panic. Yeah. All, all will be revealed because that's a quick strike unit. They, all of a sudden, you, you get a couple of, of runs, and Bob's your uncle. That game is over. So do you,
1: ex- do you expect Minnesota to potentially come back from being down like 28 in the second half? Of course not. If they fall down early, they're getting buried. Yep.
0: Absolutely absolutely true. I, com- I completely believe that. It, now, it is, it is at Minnesota. Does that matter to you that it's not at the shoe?
1: Uh, If it was at at the shoe, Ohio State would be favored by 30. So, no, (laughs) not quite. Uh, It goes back to my point. If you think Minnesota keeps it close, bet the first half and hope the crowd actually does something. But we can agree that the crowd might factor in until you get a 75-yard touchdown by the road team and suddenly you can hear a pin drop.
0: That's a heartbreaker. Heartbreaker right there, my friend. All right, very good. You excited about this little Thursday action going on? A lot of games. Got a couple of good ones. I'm excited for it. I'll be trying to bet drive props uh, mid-game,
1: which I'm a huge fan of. The adrenaline rush for a drive prop is fantastic. But it's been profitable for me in the past. We'll see what happens. Okay.
0: All right. Very good. Very solid. All right. Well, we got some baseball going on, Scott. Yep. What do you think? You, you, I don't like, know who's
1: going to be watching it, but we got baseball on.
0: You think there might be a uh, think there might be a little bit of uh, bias towards football tomorrow night, or tonight, rather?
1: Oh, a little bit. Also because it's a pretty light hard to talk about because you only have five night games for baseball yeah but it's, it's our old it's, overall card
0: it's our old thursday bugaboo man where we've got we've got uh, getaway games
1: there's one game i like and it's going to be cleveland uh against kansas city i know you have tried to sell me on boobich but he's inconsistent let's put it that way when he's when he's on he's on but he's not on enough mckenzie's randomly been really good for about the last month or so
0: now before you say that scott i've got minor
1: Oh, sorry. You got minor. I've got. I, Ma- I see Boobich. I've got but...
0: minor against Trevor. Tre- uh, Trevor McKenzie.
1: Okay. Either way, point Taylor is, McKenzie. minor hasn't been good against Cleveland this year either, and minor hasn't been good at home this season either. Yeah. McKen- McKenzie's just been good for the last month. It seems like something's clicked, whether it's mechanically or just confidence wise. I'm going with Cleveland.
0: You? Yeah. This is this is a a Cleveland team that's played well against KC. Uh, picked up the win yesterday again as an underdog. I don't get it. What are they uh, nine and one? Uh, yeah. Yeah, ten and that's, one. That's exactly uh, nine and one. So, does it does it bother you at all that uh, does it bother you? All? <laughs> Cleveland's a favorite for the first time, <laughs> the minus one twenty.
1: Uh no, Cleveland is actually ten and one this season. Uh, is it, te- is it ten, 10 and
0: one? That's right. They were eight and one going in, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, and they won the first two. ten and
1: one. So the point is, is that no, I feel like if their favorite, is not going to be by that much because Cleveland's not very good. But when you're 10 and one against a team and you're laying less than 130, 140, and you probably have the better starting pitcher or the pitcher in better form, I gotta think there's value there.
0: Yeah, for the and for the record, Mike Minor has pitched terribly against Cleveland this season. He has he's made two starts with like a seven plus ERA. And, you know, Boobich, Scott kind of hit it on the head. He's a, he's a guy with he's got good stuff. And the Royals do expect great things from him at some point. However, I don't think we're quite there yet. He has shown flashes and I wouldn't I wouldn't be stunned if he stepped up. And I, again, I'm not sure who we've actually got starting here cuz I'm using um, my Don Best grid and I've and I show Mike Minor. And what do you who you look, you looking at Scott MLB or ESPN?
1: I was looking at another grid, but looking at ESPN quickly, I'll go with whatever ESPN says. They have Minor. Okay. So, I guess you are going to have Minor on the mound.
0: Okay. So, abso- absolutely fade Minor. See, he got bumped a couple of days ago from his start.
1: Yeah, it doesn't change my thought process, though. I mean, everything still stands about what I said about McKenzie. Uh, You're looking at his last couple of outings here. The last month, 1.93 ERA. Even against Kansas City, 15 and two thirds innings pitched, 0.57 ERA.
0: Yeah, that's one run, basically. He's given up. That's
1: one run, about 15.
0: Yep. One run and 15 innings. So very good. Um, I'm taking a look at Boston and Tampa, Scott. McClanahan has been outstanding for the last what six weeks, two months.
1: Half the Red Sox team is COVID.
0: Yeah, and there's that too. Of course, Tampa's a big favorite here, about minus one hundred and sixty. So the only question is, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna lay the run line, or you're just gonna lay the juice at one hundred and sixty.
1: I would probably lay the juice now. People people might overreact and say, "Well, Boston won yesterday." And the answer is yes, Chris uh you Chris Sale on the mound. Rodriguez right? yeah. is not Chris Sale. Yeah. Let's, let's just put it that way. So Absolutely. I'll go with Tampa.
0: I think you have to. I think you have to. I, I would probably I wouldn't be afraid of playing the run line. This is this is a team that's been scoring a lot lately. Again, not necessarily talking about yesterday's game, but all things being equal, I'm probably going to uh play the Rays there on the run line. Anything else you like? Uh not really. Uh it's kind of it. Carlos Carrasco going for the Mets. Of course, the Miami Marlins do not have a starter decided as of yet. By the way, Scott, I, will, I really yeah. like how DraftKings puts up a number before one starter is announced.
1: I appreciate it for DraftKings purposes. <laughs> but if I had to pick one thing in that game, i take the Mets' run line. Despite how stupid the thumbs-down celebration is and whatever, they've actually won a couple games in a row. I think they'll beat Miami.
0: Okay. It's all about the thumbs, baby. Yep. It's all about the thumbs. All right, Scott. Well, let's take a look and see... What happened yesterday, and, uh, well, let's take a look. It's, it's, it's that time, so you know what the drill is. Get on your tractor, put on your overalls, because, once again, it's time for America's Favorite segment. The guys have been red hot, red hot lately. Get ready, folks. Fire up that John Deere, because it's Bet the Farm, baby. Scott, how do we do yesterday? we had no
1: action because the game between the phillies and the nationals before the phillies could score 30 runs unfortunately got canceled
0: absolutely oh that was the wrong one that's the one i was looking for there we go that i got a sound effect for everything my friend so yeah
1: you could have just done a rain sound effect but that works too
0: oh yeah i could have, you know i actually thought about that earlier so okay. all right so for today's action we do have a bet the farm play and not surprisingly It's going to be from college football. It's going to be a game we didn't talk about, kids. you got to go down a little bit towards the bottom of the card for this one. We're going to take the Houston Baptist Cougars and the New Mexico Lobos over 66. Now, this Houston Baptist team, they are known for two things. A really good offense and a really bad defense. They have faced three FBS teams last season. They allowed 52.7 points per game. Uh, They have faced five FBS teams over the last couple, three seasons, 51.4. That's how many they've given up. Not the totals in the game. That's how many they've surrendered. Now, on the bright side, like I said, Houston Baptist, they do score runs, and they even score against good competition. They have averaged 34 34 points per game in those three FBS games. Give us the Cougars and the Lobos over 66.
1: the end of the day, New Mexico is very good at running the ball, but they finally have a quarterback in Wilson who transferred over from Kentucky, who should be able to torch this defense. Meanwhile, New Mexico is known for a lot of things; good defense is not one of them. Nope. We think that New Mexico can probably score fifty something. Houston Baptist will probably score thirty something. This game might get into the eighties, but it's sixty-six. It's a gift.
0: Yep, absolutely. Here's here it is. Here, just take it. All right, there you go. And that's going to do it for our bet the farm play, and that is going to do it for our show today. As always, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for watching. Uh, Thanks for downloading us on whatever your favorite podcast platform is, be it Spotify, Apple Play, whatever. We appreciate the effort. Of course, you guys take care. Good luck on all your plays. And we'll see you again tomorrow on Winners and Winers Radio. Take care, everybody.